We're not against rap. We're not against rappers. But we are against those. Something big about to happen. I hear the beat tapping. We some fly rum and felines rapping on the track. Better yet, grab a gap, cause we hot like. And doors closed, windows up, cause that's the way we like to ride. Windy City hitting. Check mic 1212. We live, baby. Hey Chicago and welcome back to Speak Your Mind Radio. I'm your hostess with the mostess, Queen Star, aka Miss Hip Hop. And today we have a really, really cool guest with us today. Um, you know, she's not your average Joe. She is from Chicago and has been a great friend, sister, and mother who I get my many talents from. So, you know, now that you know, bringing up next to the mic. Mama Crystal. <laughs> Mama Crystal. <laughs> Ma, just call me Ma. <laughs> okay, uh, Ma. <laughs> well, here on Speak Your Ma Radio, we start off each and every show with the icebreaker question for the guests. So let's hop to it. Oh, God. I hope it's not going to be a question that I don't know the answer to, but okay. Okay. Um, well, who is the most influential artist that you listen to? Hmm. That I listen to or that I consider to, can it be more than one artist? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Sade mm-hmm. is very influential. I love her music. I love her flow. I love how she can be provocative, sexy, and still be a lady at the same time on stage without stripping. I agree. Um, another influential artist, I would have to say, is Sting. Mm. Um I love their music. I love Sting's music. Um, one in particular called um, It's Probably Me. Oh. And Gregory Porter, he's a jazz uh, musician, a jazz singer. He sings that song with so much of soul. It even brings Sting to tears. Wow. Yeah, and it's a powerful message, and that's uh, that particular um, recording as well as probably me. You have to listen to it sometime. Well, I listened to it a couple of times. I, I do remember asking you before, um, you know, kind of like what your music interests were. And uh, Gregory Porter, yeah, he is a jazz musician, a black artist, and yes. Sting is a great band, a uh, legendary band. Mm-hmm. So bring those two artists together, uh, it's like a little treat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. But, that's pretty and, cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, and of course, um, you know, Prince and and uh, Michael Jackson. So, what's the message behind? It's probably probably me that song, because maybe I got a different interpretation than you did. Okay, well, first of all, um, Sting. I mean, um, uh, yeah, Sting wrote that song. He had a friend who was um, uh, one of the writers 
for the movie um, with Danny Glover and um, oh god, mm. Danny Glover and um, oh, oh my god, <laughs> but they uh, um, were a duo. Mm-hmm. There, were two, there were two cops in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, give me five seconds because I know I can come up. Oh yeah, definitely. lethal weapon, lethal weapon, lethal weapon. Okay. Yes, uh, yeah. So it was the the movie Lethal Weapon, and uh, Sting had a friend who was a who was a um, a writer on the show. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, Lethal Weapon was Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. And his friend called him and said, "Hey, you know, we need a uh, uh, a lead-in song." you know, a song for this, for the uh, the second part of uh, Lethal Weapon. We need a song for it. And he says, oh, yeah, but what do you want me to do about that? He says, listen, I really need some help here. And it's about these two, the two cops and they be, you know, they hate, they start out hating each other, but they have a, a bromance uh, oh, wow. relationship. And so that's what the song is about. It's about two friends having one friend is having the other one's back all the time, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what. And, you know, he says, it's probably me who's going to be the one to save you. He said, I hate to say it. No, I don't want to say it, but it's probably going to be me. Right. And, and so that's a powerful message in that song um, for me, because he tells his friend, you know, you're too proud to beg and you know, you're too, you're too proud to steal if you're hungry. Uh, and if you, if anybody's going to lay down their life for you, you know, because you're not the most likable guy anyway. So <laughs> it's going to be me. <laughs> right. That's so like the, re- mm-hmm. it's like no, the relationship. Say, yeah. Oh, we do this all the time with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the texting, you go first. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's probably just kind of like the relationship that you have with yourself. Like, no, you're going to be your um, friend. Well, and even beyond that, it's nice to have a relationship like that outside of yourself. Somebody who can catch you when you fall. That's true. You know, somebody who can help pull you up by the bootstrap. Somebody who knows that, you know what, well, you're not really a likable person, but I know you mm-hmm. and I like you and I got you. That is so true. Yeah. So, yeah, I very powerful meaning. I love that song. And of course, Roxanne. Oh, okay. Roxanne by Sting. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's a know. classic song. Yes. Yes. And so those are my favorites. And of course, the legendary uh, Tina Turner. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Those are, you know, some of my influential um, artists. Okay, so um, why don't you tell everybody like what part of Chicago you're from and how that shaped who you are today? I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Um, I don't. I'm not so sure if it shaped me one way or the other. <laughs> it's just you know, you know, you 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 um, you deal the uh, you you deal with things as they come about, you know, and um, whatever cards you dealt in life that's what you do and and so it wasn't a um a terrible upbringing because I grew up in the uh south side of Chicago in the uh 70s and the 80s 
So it was a lot different than what it is now. You know, it wasn't, um, the gang violence wasn't as notorious as it is now because the gangs then had rules and guidelines and, you know, they set rules and you could not break those rules where now the gangs don't have any rules. Right. So um, I don't think it really shaped me or, or, or misshaped me in any shape, form, or fashion. One thing I can say, you knew which areas you could go into, mm-hmm. um, safe areas or unsafe areas for Blacks, not so much gang-related uh, things, but because of your race, you knew certain areas you could go to and certain areas you could not go to without it being a conflict. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, Chicago is a different place to grow up in. Mm-hmm. especially the inner city of Chicago. Right. Right. So a beautiful place at the same time. Yeah, it's definitely a beautiful place. I think people from Chicago have great hearts after you scratch beyond the surface, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Beautiful um, architect and, uh, you know, beautiful museums. And it's, you know, it has a lot to offer. Um you just have to be able to navigate yourself uh, through things. That's true. Mm-hmm. So I know um, a lot of people are wondering why I brought you on the show today. And so I'm going to tell you all this. I brought my mom on the show because you know how you're, you know, you want to make your parents proud of you and, you know, work and you often ask yourself, oh, I wonder what they think. Well, that's why I brought her on the show. So, <laughs> Mom, <laughs> what what is your favorite episode from me? Oh, wow. Um, there are a few. Um, I hope I can get their names right. Um, Descendant. Mm-hmm. Ola. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, uh, Descendant Ola, um, Queen Who, mm-hmm. um, Estelle, yep, Bianca Shaw, mm-hmm. um, uh, the film directors, um, Matthias Saunders, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and then there was one more. Oh, the group. Um, catching me off guard. Here goes. Um, the group that just did the protest. Um, those three young men. Um, oh, the masterminds. Yes. Yeah. Masterminds. Yeah. yeah. Um, those are just um, a few of my favorite, and of course, um, the one you did, uh, about me for Mother's Day, and I was so <laughs> upset with you. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I was so upset with you for putting me out there, but when I listened to it, I was very touched. Yeah. I, I realized there was nothing to be upset about. Of course not. I was just trying to get the, the, the truth out there. <laughs> yes, yes, and you did. You did a good job, and and so, yeah, I'm very proud of you. Um <laughs> I'm very proud of you because this is something that I knew that you that you were destined to do. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. 
and and the fact that you named your your show speak your mind and it's funny how it um uh interconnects with who you were who you are who you will be anyway because you've always spoken your mind right you know even as a child you always did so um it's not surprising that um you're doing what you're doing and that you will eventually um rise above what you're doing mm, thank you thank you thank you mm -hmm. a lot of people ask like oh uh, how did you come up with the name for your podcast and i'm like even if you look at the trailer for the podcast it's not nothing like a preview to what it's like today and it's even still changing from that point I thought I would just be talking about social media issues and, you know, bringing people on the show who wanted to voice their opinion about the things that were going on. Mm -hmm. So it's still like that. Everybody that comes on the show have something to say. So uh, I got the name Speak Your Mind. One day I was traveling, you know, on a train in Chicago and there was this guy in the um, train box, the box train. And he was like, um, where'd you get that jacket from? And my jacket, it was a leather jacket that said, speak your mind. And I said, oh, I just, you know, bought it or whatever. He said, oh, it looked like you made it. And I'm like, no, I didn't make it. And he was like, oh, you should think, you know, consider having, you know, making a fashion line that says, speak your mind, like shirts and stuff. Mm. And I never forgot that he said that because it was one of my favorite jackets. I still have it too today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just remember that. So that was three years ago. And I'm like, yeah, that's the name of the podcast. Speak your mind. Well, why old instead of your. Right. And Make isn't that funny how things just kind of swirl around us um, all of our lives. And then we go back and we, you know, kind of like pick up where our um, existence began. You've always spoken your mind as a little girl, you know, and then you um, um, meet someone based on a jacket that you had on. Right. And they say the same thing about, hey, why don't you do something, you know, with this logo? Right. And right. so the logo wasn't to go on clothing for, I mean, maybe it is to go on clothing, but not through you manu manufacturing it at that particular time. But look how you have manufactured that, um, that logo within your podcast, within your social media. So it's just how we're all inter interconnected. Yeah, uh, I was actually going to review an album by the late and great Mac Miller, he died over he died over an accidental drug overdose too. So just like Juice World, mm -hmm. and um, his last album that he put out was called Circles. And I don't know what it is about these rappers, these young rappers, especially when they die. It's almost like they knew they were going to die, and and it's, it says it like you can hear it in their last albums. Mm -hmm. So circles, just like the title, it means life is a circle. It really is. And one of the ways life is a circle, like you said, you pick up things that you thought you were done with or you, you started but didn't quite finish. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one circle of life is growing older, 
from a child to an adult and then you have a child and guess what you have to start over the process of growing up all over again because now you have to teach them right what you've learned when as you grow older right make sure they don't fall in those same pitfalls that you did exactly and that's the circle of life but it, it, it also goes beyond that too that's just scratching the surface because okay whether you have kids or not, you're going to see that that being a circle of life. Absolutely. The other circle is maybe starting some, yeah, okay, so I'll just go use myself as an example. I did start speaking my mind at a very young age, and I always got in trouble for it in grammar school, grade school, <laughs> always. You were always up there talking to my um, teachers. And she won't shut up. <laughs> and then don't tell me to shut up because I will tell you to shut up as a as a child to an adult. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I remember. I remember yeah. well when I had to leave my job because the principal <laughs> called me. Exactly. See? Always up. Because there. of that mouth. Yep. I and had the a... mouth wasn't disrespectful. It wasn't. You had corrected. Uh, one of the, yeah corrective uh, one of your teachers uh, with the history um mm-hmm. the history topic and she was very um um forceful aggressive in teaching <laughs> the wrong side of history to her sixth grade or was it fifth grade students yeah and you stood up you rose your hand and you said well no that's not true. And you were able to give her the reasons that it was not true. Mm-hmm. And um, it contradicted what she was saying. And she got very angry and sent you out the room to the principal's office and the principal called me. It was, it was really something. <laughs> and so came up there, we met with the principal and, and the teacher. And I think, I think the topic at the time was she was teaching that um, Egypt Mm -hmm. was not in Africa. Mm -hmm. I think that's what she was teaching, wasn't it? Yes. And and the Egyptians were um, not black people. Mm -hmm. We knew Egyptians were not um, African-American people. But she was saying that the color of their skin wasn't black. She was really all into it. So I had to come up, have a meeting with the principal, you, me, the principal, the teacher, and I think they called in a social worker. Oh, God. To sit in on the meeting. But the long story short was that everybody got a chance to speak their mind. Right. Including you. Right. Because I wanted you to be a part. They wanted you to sit outside, and I said, no. I'm here because of her. So she needs to be a part of this meeting. Right. So she can tell her side. And that's what happened. And the principal ultimately agreed with you. Yeah, because I was sitting in class and she was teaching that. And I turned around out my seat and said, that's not true. Right. (laughs) The Egyptians were black. And she looked at me and she didn't like what I had to say. Right. She said, because she's going by the book. Right. So I, when she told me I was wrong and she, you know, I, I'm a kid. So I was like, okay, this adult is not listening to me. So why should I listen to her? Mm-hmm. I turned back around in my seat and started talking. <laughs> 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 and 
and she got so angry at me because I just turned around and started talking. I know she didn't like that. So she came from behind me, grabbed me by my shoulders and turned me around to look at her. She said, Perry, be quiet. (laughs) Oh my God. So mad at her. Then that's how I came up to the school. So (laughs) yeah, that's why I came up to the school. And um, (laughs) that's funny. All these years, we're still talking about that. But that's, you know, even before then, but, you know, in public, that's what you did. And you were never disrespectful with it, you know. Yeah. um, You know, uh, adults don't like to hear children. They believe the old adage, the children are to be seen and not heard. Right. And I was just the opposite. I want to hear what the children are saying. Me too. I want to hear what their thoughts are. Because they, we learn from, from kids, too. You just have to sit down and shut up and listen. Yeah, that's why as children, it's hard raising our parents. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I understand. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm getting to that point that I need. Oh, you really need help? <laughs> raising. <laughs> right. You need help, too. Yes, because I don't. I don't know at all. I'm still trying to figure this thing out. Yeah, because life is so much different than it was when you grew up in the 70s and 80s, so. Yeah, and and we thought we had it hard then, you know. Every generation thinks that they have it hard, Um, you know, but I think my generation, I would be like the end of the baby boomers. Right. Uh, I think it stopped at 1964. Oh, so wow. I would be on the tail end. I think it started like in 45 or 1950 to 64. So I would be on the tail end of the baby boomers. And so I think that generation was the last generation um, to be the generation that um, that the older adults would, hey, see you swinging on the tree outside that mm-hmm. was in front of your house and you're one of those trees that the city had um, uh, planted and you're swinging on it. They would come out and reprimand you and then tell your parents on you as well. Exactly, exactly. But now right. it's like right. they don't say anything to these young whippersnappers because they're going to snap you up. That's right. You know, it's just dangerous these days. But it's, it's also a big line between you know you being an adult as you are at your age and me being an adult as me as my age I see the difference that uh these younger people than me the 20 year olds have with their the relationships they have with their generational parents and grandparents and then us too mm-hmm. and we see stuff because I, I really connect to young people for some reason like really really connect with them and I'm like an old school young person if that makes sense so it's just like when they tell me certain things I'm able to say oh well no it's really this and we still connect though you know yeah because you're the your generation you're the millennials right or the gen generation y that they used to say that changed it to the millennials you guys are born between the early 80s and uh the late 90s mm-hmm. right so, that makes yeah. sense yeah so you guys are the millennials and then there was a generation um before you and they were the 
the gen generation X or Gen X. Right. And right. Um, that will would be where your sister falls into that category. Right. Um, they were born between mid sixties and and um, um, early eighties. Right. 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 So, you know, though they're between forty one and fifty five years old, so she would fit into that generation. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Um. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. When I was a kid, did you see that I had a, 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 what do you call it, an older spirit or what kind of spirit did I have as a child? Um, as a child, you had a discerning. Yeah, I did. Spirit. Um, you know, you were just one of those kids that were, you were able to see maybe something that an adult an average adult would not necessarily see. And again, that, you know, we have a lot of distractions. And so come you coming up as a kid, you didn't have as many distractions as a kid would have today. So you were able to really tap into not knowing what it was, you know, mm -hmm. not understanding what it was, but you knew it was something. Uh, for example, I remember you might have been about three, four at the most. You and I and your sister decided to go to the uh, neighborhood church. I don't know if you remember this. Mm -hmm. But we went to a neighborhood church. And it was just the three of us. I had never gone there before. And I decided this Sunday morning, hey, let's walk up to this church and see what it's about. Because I don't think I had a car there. So we walked up to the church. And as soon as we opened the door and crossed the threshold, you started this screaming that I, uh, it was like a blood curdling scream. Mm. And it, and we're walking down the middle of the aisle and you're squeezing my hand and you're screaming and tears are just streaming down your face. It was almost, no, not almost. It was quite embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what was wrong with you. So I bent down to pick you up and you're screaming still in my ear. And you're saying, get me out of here. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, and I just turned around. It was so, it was so embarrassing. Mm -hmm. So the three of us walked back out with you in my arms. As soon as we crossed the threshold, you stopped. Mm -hmm. No, no, <gasps> no hyperventilating in between. No sniffling. No, nothing. Not, not of that. You just immediately stopped. Mm -hmm. And I, I put you down and I looked at you. I said, are you all right? And you said, yeah, can we go home now? And I was baffled by that. Mm -hmm. You were like three, four years old. And I didn't have the words then to ask you what was going on. I didn't, you know, I said, are you okay? You said, yes. Can we go home now? And for you, that was the end of it. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like, what the hell is going on here? Um, and then you did that another time. You might've been about, you may have been around that same age between four and five and we were standing at a bus stop. It was in the evening, about seven, sun, it was about dusk, dawn, and we're standing there, and um, I'm waiting for the bus, and 
and um, you're standing next to me and you reach up and you say, mama, uh, mama, pick me up. And I said, no, no, you have to stay because I have, you know, I have this bag in my hand and I'm tired. So waiting on the bus, you said, no, no, mama, pick me up now. So I obeyed reluctantly and I picked <laughs> you up and you whispered in my ear and you said, there's a man coming. We need to, we need to move away. And I said, what man? Move away? Where, move away to where? And you said, there's a man coming. He's coming now. We have to move away. He's a bad man. And when I looked up again, there was a man coming down the street. He had to be about 30 feet away. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, well, where are we going to move to? You said, we just have to move away. So there was a, a restaurant a church's chicken to be exact about five to eight feet away from us so we moved up to the church's chicken um praying that we don't miss our bus and the man finally gets to the bus stop where we were standing and he stood there and he looked around like he like like spun around in a circle like he was looking for something mm -hmm. and he did look up at the restaurant and then he proceeded he kept going again and I asked you, I said, can we go back out now? You go, you go, yeah, it's safe now. <laughs> <laughs> so again, you had forgotten about everything. And I'm still left wondering what the hell is going on with this kid? And so just different occasions, those two really pop up in my head. So you've always been that, uh, had that intuitive um, spirit about yourself that's true i've always had a discerning spirit because i can even piggyback that those two incidents when i was three and four years old to when i was about 20 something years old now me and my girlfriend we were supposed to go to this nightclub in the inner city of chicago now now i'm telling you it's bad you know and um we um i'm looking at the area in which it's at and i'm like i don't think we should go in here She's like, oh, we drove all this way. Da, 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 da. I'm like, dang, she's right. We did drive all this way. But I'm like super scared because I'm just sensing something's not right. Mm -hmm. So we go park in this parking lot. And now granted, here's my second confirmation that something wasn't right. There was this guy trying to ask for $10 to park into a parking space or whatever. And I guess he was a homeless man, and it just and then he was like, then he finally said, "Well, don't go in there. Don't you, you shouldn't y'all shouldn't be going in there." And then of course, you know, we just ignored him because, well, he probably don't know what he's talking about. He probably drunk or something. But I took it as a sign too, mm -hmm. because I was already feeling like that. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, and this was dangerous too. I said, "I'm not going in there. I'm sitting right here." I said, "I'm not going anywhere." And she so said she got mad, she got out the car, locked the doors, and she took her behind in there. <laughs> and little did she know, but I knew she would be running her ass back out in five minutes because, <laughs> <laughs> because they started shooting in the nightclub and everybody oh. ran out. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> and I was like, see, I told you, I told you. And I'm like looking crazy at this point, but it happened though. Mm -hmm. oh. Now what I'm gonna take a stab in the dark here. Yeah. And say this friend uh -huh. 
who you were with that day, yeah, that evening, would that have happened to be Miss Donyella? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time I talk about her, she listens. She's like, "I know you were talking about me." I'm like, "Yeah, I was." <laughs> oh yeah, you guys were partners in crime. Were in every sense of the word. In mm-hmm. every sense of the word. Partners yeah, in crime. <laughs> we really were. <laughs> we really really were and I, I just tried everything in my might to get her not to go inside that nightclub <laughs> everything yeah I can see her doing that <laughs> and so that comes back to the circle of life again because now listen although we were supposed together we were supposed to go in that nightclub we were going to see one of our favorite performers mm-hmm. um his name is Twista he's from Chicago he's a rapper mm-hmm. was Twista and Sean as a matter of fact and we didn't get a chance to see them because they started, like I said, shooting. Mm-hmm. So years and years and years later, I ended up going to a Twista concert and I ended up seeing Sean and I ended up seeing Twista. Mm-hmm. And I started taking footage, put it on my Instagram. They both liked it. Mm-hmm. So that was full circle. Like, well, you didn't get yeah. a chance to see us in that year, but you saw you saw us this time and you got our attention. That is so true. That is full circle. <clears throat> how things, um, how things happen uh, the way they do. Everything is so interconnected. Um, people, situations, circumstances, bad things that happen, good things that happen, um, things that happen that we're trying to figure out. Well, what did you know? What was that all about? Yeah. And then you find out maybe a day or two later, or a year or two later, or maybe maybe even a decade later. It's something, yeah. All about. It's definitely, the more interconnected you are with the universe, the less time those things uh, take to reoccur and come back full circle again. I agree. Because you're on the right course. Your, your stars yeah. are aligned. Yes. And that's very important. Um, because when we talk about the universe, I always say, you know, people have different um, um Um, explanations or definitions or understanding of what they feel like their higher power is or Mm -hmm. what the higher power is or their God or their savior Mm -hmm. or, you know, their spirituality. People have different ways of um, expressing, you know, their experiences. And so I personally think that the universe governs us, you know, through That's so true. many, yeah, through so many different, there's so many laws of the universe. Yes. Right? One, one that we are very much aware of, aware of is the law of cause and effect. And yeah. simply put, that's just saying everything comes full circle. What goes around mm-hmm. comes back around. Yes. What you put out there is what you will get back. What you universe. will get back, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, it's not up to us to say how we're going to get it back, though. But we do get it back. Even when you have someone that says, you know, sometimes we'll look at a person from the outside and we'll say, you know what? They're really a great person. Mm-hmm. They're really a good person. They don't deserve to be treated a certain way. or They didn't deserve that, you know? And we can really believe that because that is really the truth. And then if you look at it from another perspective and say, you know what? Now, how long has he allowed himself to be treated this way? Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> cause and effect. How long has he or she allowed themselves to be treated in this manner, to be treated unfairly, to go through the same pattern over and over and over again? How long have you allowed this to happen to yourself? That's, again, a law of cause and effect. What goes around comes back around. And if you continue to allow yourself to be uh, trampled upon, manipulated, not treated well, um, you may be a part of that effect. You may be a part of that because at some point you should have been able to say, you know what, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. Let me change this course of direction. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, right. You got to be the one to change that yes. because yes. you you can have you can you can have that perception of a person being oh that's a great this is a great person they're phenomenal right but why is this certain situation reoccurring and happening to them right now oh let me try to intervene and help but the laws of the universe say maybe you're not supposed to intervene and help maybe this is the last lingering essence of their karma. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Maybe they're just learning their self-worth and they really got to learn it by themselves. It's like a, a a chick breaking through the egg. You you can't help the chick break through the egg because it's going to die. They have to break through it themselves. Or a butterfly, a caterpillar that's transforming into a butterfly, you can't break that cocoon and say, okay, you free, go. Change to a butterfly. They got to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the same type of energy. It is. And that's what it is. It, it is all about uh, the, the energy and, um, you know, the karma. It is all about that. And that's the real, that's the real bitch. Karma is the real bitch. Respect her. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> Respect her. She's the real MVP, the real bitch of the situation. That's right. Because mm-hmm. she demands her respect and she's going to get her respect. And she comes like a thief in the night too, because yeah. that full circle effect, like you did something 10 years ago, it might come back 10 yep. years later. Yeah, it might come back 10 years later, 10 minutes later, but it does come back. Yeah. It does come back, it, it always does. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just my uh, quirky way of thinking. Um, and you know, when I was when I was a kid, I used to think, when I found out where uh, uh, nursing homes were, mm-hmm. and I would say to myself as a kid, maybe 10, 11 years old, why would anybody put their parents in a nursing home? That's a bad place for old people. As a kid, that those were my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I said, why would anybody do such a thing to their parents and then go and visit them? That's a terrible place. And at that time, I did not know the level of horror that sometimes elderly people um, succumb to, mm-hmm. you know, in the hands of uh, unstable minds. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that as a child, but I knew that it was a bad place for old people. And why would their kids do that to them? That's what I understood as a child. You know what I understand as an adult? What? Is that, this is going to sound really bad, but 
I'm not a bad person. So I'm going to say it. Sometimes I think as an adult, and this is not for everyone. I'm not going to put a blanket on it over everybody that's in a nursing home. But sometimes I, I, I think that I wonder what type of people were they when they were young. Really? Yeah. I think mm. about that. You know. Oh, I didn't think. Of, I forgot we had that conversation. What? Because we, we we were talking a long time ago. We said, "Dang, I wonder what happened to these people in their past mm-hmm. for them to be now lying and suffering on their deathbed. What did they do? And being abused. And being abused. Being physically. Yeah. Under yeah. the care. And yeah. Watch. Yeah, stable-minded people. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, and, and like I said, I don't want to put I don't want to put that blanket over Mm-mm. every nursing home or over every elderly person that resides in a nursing home or over uh, caretakers um, that you know that help that, that that take care of the elderly in nursing homes. I don't want to put a blanket over everybody. It's like saying, oh all girls can cook because that's not true no heck no you know all guys know how to change a uh a tire right right because that's not true either so i'm gonna put a blanket over everybody right i I will say that as i've gotten older Mm -hmm. an adult that I, i i have wondered what what would the lives be? I wish someone would do a survey or an investigative report or something just to ask the people that are still cognitive or maybe family members, what type of person was your mom or your or your dad or your grandmother or your whoever's there you're going to see when, when they were young? You know, what did they do? What did they contribute to uh, society or to the world or or just in their within their family realms, what did they do to boost someone else up, or you know, or to help some someone or a situation? What kind of person were they? You know, it would just be interesting to know. Yeah, that um, I don't know what kind of surveys those are called, um, but that would be interesting to know because. I think like that too. I think outside the box. I wonder. I often wonder how long it takes for social media to for to to forget stuff mm. because mm. there is so many distractions in the world, including technology being one of them. Mm-hmm. If I tell you breaking news today, will you remember it two days from now? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Just depending on what kind of person you are and how you pay attention to things. Yeah. So absolutely, absolutely. I would like to see a survey on that too, and what you said. Mm-hmm. What kind of person was your parent or your friend or your mm-hmm. uh, whoever that's mm-hmm. suffering right now in this life and trapped in their own minds? Oh, that's the uh, most terrible place to be. Yeah, it's yeah. the most terrible place to be. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, what does a cage bird sing? Is the most appropriate. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, example of being trapped in your mind. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It, it's not a it's not a good place, uh, uh, especially for someone who cannot physically remove themselves. Right, um, exactly. You know, you're just lying there, and um, mm. you know. So yeah, that's <laughs> um, 
that that's what I think you got a lot of your um your sensitivity from from being having that connection um to things that you cannot see things that you can't necessarily touch mm -hmm. things that you can't necessarily hear audibly right um and I think this is you know your sensitivity to these things because there are some that say if I can't see it if I can't touch it if I can't hear it then it's not real and that's got to be one of the most um, irresponsible uh, statements one of the most not the most but one of the most irresponsible statements I think people can say if I don't see it if I don't if I can't feel it if I can't touch it you know if I can't taste it and then it's not real because mm -hmm. there are so many things that you can't see, feel, or touch, or taste. And it's very real. The virus is very real. You can't, you know, you, you don't see it. You, you see don't taste not. it. Yeah, you see the damages of it, though. But you can see the damages that, you know, that it caused. But if it's not causing damage to you, per se, but it's causing damage to an 80-year-old, a 70-year-old, well, you know, I'm 30-something years old, I'm 20-something years old. I ain't thinking about the virus. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're very connect. We we are supposed to be very connected beings to the universe, but due to all the distraction, you mm -hmm. know, we don't necessarily um, fit that uh, that mo. So when you were a kid, you were very sensitive to those things. As you become an adult, you have a lot of distractions in your life. Right. You know, as we all do. And at some point, we all have to stop and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm getting too far away from reality. Mm -hmm. Because reality is really universal, what's going on in, in the universe. Speaking of it being universal, do you do you believe now at your age that, you're, that you are connected with your inner child? I have reconnected with her as of um, recently um well it's been two reconnections uh one was uh five years ago when your brother was in first grade and he was going to a uh, private christian school mm -hmm. and he came home one day and he says i need to have a talk with you hmm. he was six and i said okay and he said, no, this is really important. I need you to sit down. I'm thinking, oh, my God. You know, I said, well, what, <laughs> something happened in school? Right. And he goes, well, yeah. Well, what happened? Well, at the end of the day, we do this. Um, everybody reads from their Bible, a scripture. And um, the teacher read, and she was telling us how beautiful, you know, like the manna was coming down from heaven and um, uh, how um uh, when the, the Moses struck the, the rock and turned uh, the, um, the serpent mm -hmm. became his his cane became a serpent and how Jesus turned the water into wine and I said okay and he says well yeah I'm having a problem with these stories <laughs> <laughs> and I said oh well what's your problem he was well, first of all how is manna falling from the sky and people are able to eat it? 
And before I could answer that, he went on to Moses striking the rock. Uh, I believe that's what the story is, that the, having the cane and it becoming a serpent. Mm-hmm. serpent. And then Jesus turning the water into wine. So he went through each step and said, before I could answer any of that, them, how, how is this possible? And I said, oh, I'm stumbling. What, 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 what? And he goes, um, mom, let me ask you this. Do you believe those stories? Wow. <laughs> and so that was my first reconnect with my inner child because when I explained to him when I was older than him, but still a child, I questioned those same stories. Oh, okay. And he said, um, well, what happened to you? And I thought about it and I said, I got grown. I didn't grow up. I just got grown. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we get grown, we have a tendency to lean towards what society says we should be. What society says we should listen to, what we should watch. And you begin to slowly but surely suppress things that you used to question. And that's what happened. I got grown. And he said to me, well, here's your problem. You've lost your imagination and you need to rediscover it as a six-year-old. He said that? Yeah. Wow. So I rediscovered my inner child then and then it left again. And then I have recently had to rediscover her. And I said that to say it is an ongoing journey. You do Isn't not it? stop. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just like the universe is ever expanding, so are we. Yes. It's and it makes sense. Absolutely. The universe is constantly expanding. Yes. It's constantly in motion. Mm-hmm. It's always moving. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a chain of events. Mm-hmm. You know, so a chain reaction. So yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm rediscovering her once again. And don't ever make the mistake of thinking, okay, I got this lesson now. Let's move on to the next lesson. Because <laughs> yeah. that next lesson might be an extension of the lesson that you thought you had. That is so true. Mm-hmm. That is so true. There's levels to it, levels mm-hmm. to understanding and levels to knowledge of self knowledge. Yes. yes I think is. we've all been here once or twice before. I don't know a, a being that's only been here one time. I don't know. Do you? Well, it feels like something I always um, equated to deja vu. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you walk into a room or you sitting somewhere and you have this feeling that comes over you like, you know what, this feels awfully familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't recall ever being here. But you know everything that's about to happen. And it happens. Mm-hmm. Just the way you know it's going to happen, but you know you've never been in this place before, this environment before the state of mind before uh, and scientists still haven't been able to prove what that is all about that deja vu I think some have even said that um, maybe it's the feeling um, uh, of being in from another dimension and you have somehow crossed over yeah. in a parallel uh, so to speak parallel dimension 
and you have just kind of crossed over for that split second or those split moments. You know, it's like the universe maybe plays a little trick on you just to see, okay, how you're going to handle this or, you know, or maybe it's not a trick at all. Maybe it's just something that uh, the, 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 the dimensions kind of bumped into each other and kind of threw each other off course for those seconds or those moments. Yeah, I believe that the, uh, sometimes you could be doing the exact same thing in another dimension, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. as a different, person, a different person in a different situation, a different time right. period. Right. Because uh, we connect, like, I think I was British. <laughs> I think I was British in a different lifetime because I would say certain things and it, it almost feel like an echo of what was already said previously. And you may have been, you just never know because, yeah. um, you know, they do have people that they can hypnotize people and uh, I think those work too but you have to have a real hypnotist mm-hmm. you know that they uh, hypnotize people and they take them back as far as they can to another lifestyle another lifetime and um, and then they're able to find these people in history books that they said that they were right like I think I was born during Shakespeare time this is before the 13th century and Shakespeare was born actually like in the UK like area like the Britain area so I'm like oh I do accents all the time from UK (laughs) and I write poetry phenomenal poetry so like maybe I was an ancestor of Shakespeare you never know yeah (laughs) one never knows that's so true and then I have all these other different entities of accents within me I'm like how do I sound Russian or Ireland or Irish one day, like it's just so crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm very world worldly. Mm-hmm. Worldly. Worldly, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Those, mm-hmm. are good, those are good analogies, though. It isn't it though. Mm-hmm. Um, just out of curiosity, where do you where do you see the state of this country? Literally, this nation. Where do you see the state of this nation? I'm going, I usually go further than this, but I want to do something different. What do you see the state of this nation in a year from now? That's 12 months from now. So we're talking the net, the next of in, uh, the end of next summer, mm-hmm. 2021, August. Mm-hmm. What I do you see, see? By that time that the uh, vaccine will be ramped up for the COVID-19. Indeed. Um, I see that by the end of next summer that uh, we'll be in a better state as far as the COVID-19 disease is concerned Mm -hmm. Um, because I think the reset button has already been set. Exactly, exactly. And it's going to depend on what people do. That's right, that's right. Because we have what? Free will. We have free will. And if we continue to say it's a hoax, that's and right. It's not real. I think we're gonna. I think a lot of people will jeopardize themselves um, and loved ones because they're, you know, people that have underlying conditions that don't even know they have underlying conditions because they have never been tested for anything, or maybe they haven't had any um, uh, symptoms of anything, which is maybe why they say blacks and Latinos are hit the hardest. Mm-hmm. Because they may not know they're a diabetic, but they may not know they have hypertension. 
They may not know they have, um, I don't know, whatever the other causes or complications with COVID-19. <clears throat> and, you know, as mm -hmm. far as underlying conditions are. So I do see the, the vaccine being ramped up. As far as who's going to take the vaccine, that's another story. Um, you know, some, a lot of people aren't willing to do that, especially people of color. Right. They're not willing to take a vaccine that's so readily, uh, that's so readily available so quickly. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, I, I see a lot of laws changing mm -hmm. with the police brutality and these hate crimes because there's been an explosion, not just in the U.S., but all over the world. Mm -hmm. All over the world. I mean, there isn't a country that didn't see what happened with Floyd, George Floyd. We all saw it, not just in the US, but all over the world. And they took to the streets. They've never done this. This has never happened. <clears throat> so I see a lot of, I'm sorry, I see a lot of laws changing in that area because this generation and I'm not talking about the looters and, you know, the people that are causing a lot of mayhem. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about those people because, we, of course, we're not agreeing with what they're doing. Of course not, no. Um, but this generation, um, they seem to be like the generation that walked with uh, Dr. King. Yeah, I see that too. They're mm -hmm. very courageous and strong and brave. Yes, absolutely. Outside of the looting and the vandalism, mm -hmm. um, the the other the the real protesters, mm -hmm. the real protesters who stand for change, um, you know, uh, positive change, and who are going about it the correct way. This, <clears throat> excuse me, this generation would be. Millennials or, or, or Gen Y, you know, Generation Y, mm -hmm. those people um, that are born between, um, I guess, the early 80s, late 90s. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I see these are the people that are really making a difference in this um, protest. So a year from now, I see the vaccines ramping up. I see laws changing and I see um, people having to take this, um, their health into their own hands more seriously. Yes, I agree. And just to piggyback off what you said about the whole world pretty much being affected by uh, the, what happened to George Floyd, the whole world took a part of that. Um, the last time I saw the whole world involved, this is through my perspective, mm -hmm. the whole world involved in something that affected everybody is with the presidency of Barack Obama. I saw the world cheer him on, the entire world, people in different countries, not just right. in the U.S. Right. And I thought that was magnificent. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. beautiful that people are taking charge because of what they saw happen to George Floyd, too. That was a lot of balls. 
It definitely uh, a lot of a lot of uh, balls and strength and courage and boldness and boldness. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, uh, courageousness. Um, they're out there fighting and protesting uh, amidst the uh, the amid the uh, pandemic. You know, they're not. And I tell you what else: this pandemic is not going to stop people from going out to vote. No, it's definitely not going to. And that's another thing, too, um, with the candidates, Joe Biden and Camelia Harris, I think. Kamala Harris. Camelia, Camelia, right? Kamala. Kamala. Kamala Harris. Those, I think those are two excellent uh, candidates for. Uh, well, she's a very strong um, candidate uh, because he he needs somebody strong. He does on the, on the uh, campaign when they were everybody was um you know all the candidates that were you know uh, jockeying for the uh, Democratic uh, candidacy she went toe to toe with um Biden I mean she tore into him um the first night that he came on to debate she was the first one and she lit into him like wildfire mm-hmm. and um that's who he chose and that's who he needed somebody strong uh, like her not somebody that's gonna agree with everything that he said no he didn't want a yes man that's why he chose her mm-hmm. uh, i think he was uh, taken aback and impressed at the same time because she came after him full yeah. force uh, absolutely absolutely and there's nothing like a woman who stands in her power. I think it's very bold and sexy. I mean, I mean, you know. So yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I think um I, I think she's gonna do well. I think she's gonna do well. She's um some people have tried to say she's not all black because I think one parent is uh Indian and Jamaican. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I think the dad I, I don't know who I don't know which parent was which. But, you know. I think her mom is Indian. And I think her dad is the Jamaican descent. Okay. I, I don't know. I'd have to go into further detail. I really don't know. But, um, you know, I think she's a great pick. And I think she's going to make a difference because I'd like to see her as the first uh, woman <laughs> president. I think that's great, yeah. Yeah, after this, um, Joe Biden is not going to run for a second term. I don't think so either. So he had to pick someone. They can go further. Yep. And she's the one. Yeah, I think she's the one too. And you know, it's so funny because oftentimes uh, we as Americans have often thought like, okay, when is it going to be time for a woman president? Mm -hmm. But you never know how the universe has things worked out. I think her running for vice president is the right thing to do first so we can get a taste Mm -hmm. of what she could do as president. Oh, yeah. Well, she, I think she's going to be phenomenal. I think so, too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, the campaign. I'm I'm looking forward to this election, and then again, I'm not because, uh, you know, a lot of Dirty tricks are going to be pulled out, just like the post office is asking for. I, I forget the exact number, but I know it's up in the trillions to be able to handle the uh, mail-in ballots and, you know, um, 
our president is not willing to give them the money that they need. So a lot of uh, post office in different states have reported that their sorting machine that they have for these ballots have been removed from their offices. Mm. Ballot boxes have been removed where you were able to, if you couldn't mail your ballot at a post office, there were ballot boxes that you could, you know, different locations you could drive them, put your ballot in the box. A lot of states have reported that those have been removed um, based on this administration, the Trump administration. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the Trump administration kind of reminds me of uh, the Bush administration. <laughs> oh, there's no comparison. You know what I mean, though. It's just a lot of trickery involved. And, oh, yeah. God. This, yeah, this trickery is way off the Richter scale. Oh, yeah, I believe you. I, I, you know, make it a tiny comparison and that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I would like to uh, play a little game with you. It's called This or That. Okay. Okay, so let's get started. Okay. Summer or fall? <laughs> Summer. Really? What? Well, I, normally I would say the fall. Right. Oh, I know why. Uh-huh. <laughs> I already know why. <laughs> and that's why I said summer. <laughs> that's hitting the reset button on that ass because yes. you always say fall. Y'all like yep. to see the seasons change. I do. I do. I love to see the seasons change. But under these circumstances, uh, I have to say summer. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> okay. 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 Free time or overtime? Free time. Okay. Um, okay. Um, bare face or makeup? Bare face. Exactly. Uh, straight hair or curly hair? Hmm. And we could have both. Yes, I would say both. But that wasn't the option. <laughs> 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 was the okay. option? I thought I thought I could get away with that. Um, I would say my natural hair, which can be straight too. Well, for me, that would be um, curly, right? Because you have like four C hair, whatever that means. Tight curls. Okay, well, that's what I. That is exactly what I have. And if I straighten it out, yeah, it's beautiful when it's straightened out. Yeah, of course. But it's just like people. It's, that's not his natural state. Right. You can only pretend for so long. That's true. And then your natural self will definitely come out. That's true. Definitely come out. So it's like your hair. You straighten it out. If it's naturally what you call 4C, then eventually it's going to, you know, repel back to its beautiful state of or C. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, force, oh God, uh, uh, books or movies? Hmm. Oh God. Oh, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> I have so many books that I have not read. I ordered these books, Blood and Bone. I have that. 
sit down and actually read the whole book through. Um, okay. So, and movies don't tell the whole story. So mm -hmm. I know it's this, okay, I gotta pick one. I'm gonna say um, movies. A movie will lead me to a book. Yeah, it would. That's what I'll say, a movie, a movie, because it will lead me to a book. Um, documentaries or podcasts? Hmm. Well, podcasts are relatively new for me. Right. So I'm going to say documentaries. Great. I like that answer, too. Mm -hmm. um, oh, romantic movies or comedy movies oh that really depends on how you feel it really depends on how i feel so mm -hmm. depends on how i feel but if i have to choose one i'm gonna say comedy yeah i like comedy too yeah if i had to choose one i would say comedy because sometimes romantic movies can lead to sadness <laughs> yeah you're not in the mood for that right right uh, cats or dogs? <laughs> cats. Okay. Oh, uh, do you have any questions for me? Um. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years? I see myself in a, a studio filled with an audience. Not too many people, because I <laughs> this this virus has really done a number on my brain. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you better respect the virus. Yeah, I would just have an intimate audience and um, be able to bring a fly in my guest mm -hmm. from uh, previous past um, interviews that I've done on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And it will be a syndicated show and it's going to be broadcasted all over the world. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful vision and it's a very obtainable vision. And I share that vision with you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, uh, Mom, for coming on today's show. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome. And was this it inside a uh, question, inside joke? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean, and I'm not going to touch it. Okay, that's good. <laughs> well, yeah, so thank you again for blessing the mic with me today. And it was a pleasure, as usual, to speak with you and see you soon. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye.